0: from Family Life bringing a Christian world view to what's happening in New York, Pennsylvania, across the country and around the world. Weather with Kevin Williams, plus special features and reports with the Family Life news team. Now, here's what's happening. Cities on edge.
1: This is with
0: Good afternoon. Thank you for joining us. I'm Mark Webster. As the sun sets in Memphis, Tennessee this evening, people there and across the land are hoping America won't also descend into civil darkness. At 7 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. there, Memphis police will release video from a January 7th traffic stop involving Tyree Nichols, video which the city's own police chief says may be, in her words, worse than the Rodney King video of more than 30 years ago, which triggered deadly riots. Nichols later died. The five cops who beat him after that stop face murder charges. Tyree's mother, Rayvon Wells, appealing for calm. I don't want us burning up our cities, tearing up the streets, because that's not what my son stood for. And if you guys are here for me and Tyree, then you will protest peacefully. Shelby County Sheriff Floyd Varner hopes people will take that advice. We're not
2: preparing for things to get violent because
1: we're not hoping that things get violent. Sure, we have to do some preparation.
0: Blake Balin, an attorney for one of the cops, says his client is upset. It's put on a uh, a very strong facade, but I
3: know underneath it all, this is causing him and his family a lot of anxiety um, and a lot of pain.
0: Memphis Mayor Jim Strickland says transparency and swift methodical action have been his top priorities.
2: The actions of these officers were awful, and no one, including law enforcement, is above the law. I assure you, we will do everything we can to keep this type of heinous act from happening again.
0: The video is said to be a mix of body cam and aerial footage, with some parts redacted. There's another highly anticipated video due out today. This one, police and surveillance footage from the hammer attack on former House Speaker Nancy Pelosi's husband Paul in their San Francisco home. She says he's still recovering. He's
4: made some progress, but it'd be about at least three more months, I think, before he'll be back to normal. But
0: the prayers
3: are very helpful.
0: Nancy Pelosi says she isn't sure she can bring herself to watch that video. Just how is the American economy really doing. To hear President Biden tell it, great. Thanks to him. Over the past six months, inflation has gone down every month, and God willing, will continue to do that. Manufacturing
5: jobs continue to grow
0: stronger than any time in the last 40 years. And I don't think it's unfair to say that this is all evidence that the Biden economic plan, because y'all, is actually working. But Arkansas Republican Rep. French Hill tells Fox News Biden must be talking about some other economy. He is
5: completely out of touch uh, with what's going on in the real economy. His inflation brought about by extraordinary amounts of spending, not only from the pandemic, but in his administration the last two
0: years. Former Chrysler and Home Depot CEO Bob Nardelli tells Fox Biden's making a lot of dubious claims about his economic successes. He says Biden's ill-advised energy policies in particular have actually hurt, not helped, American business.
3: We were energy independent and he
2: surrendered our position. By increasing fuel costs, it added to the cost of shipping product to make product and then it added more costs by shipping it to the retail
3: shelves.
0: A key inflation measure watched by the Federal Reserve meeting expectations, the personal consumption expenditures price index that doesn't include food or energy, rose by nearly four and a half percent from a year ago. It's the slowest annual jump, though, since October 2021. Well, Biden and other current and former top federal execs have been told by the National Archives, go double check your closets, your garages, et cetera, for classified documents. That goes back six administrations. FBI Director Christopher Wray has recently discoveries clearly show there's an issue.
3: People need to be uh, conscious of the rules regarding classified information and appropriate handling of them.
0: Former National Security Advisor John Bolton says some changes are in order. The
3: transition out process for presidents and vice presidents is obviously flawed.
0: Arkansas Senator Tom Cotton says perhaps the biggest problem is the Department of Justice's double standard when it comes to dealing with wayward classified docs. Donald
3: Trump had his personal residence in Mar-a-Lago raided. Mike Pence had FBI showing up at his home within hours of notice. The government. When Joe Biden discovered classified documents, the FBI cooperated cordially with his personal attorneys, allowed those attorneys without security clearances to review them.
0: Cotton says the Biden administration stonewalling Congress from being able to see what exactly was in the documents found at President Biden's home and in a D.C. office. In health news now, a new study shines a worrisome light on the flushed faces of those who abuse alcohol. Researchers say alcohol flush may show you are deficient in a certain enzyme which is responsible for metabolizing alcohol. Researchers from Stanford Medicine found it can also be indicative of a life-threatening ailment. Scientists concluded this response has the potential To lead to coronary artery disease. CBS's Linda Kenyon. Well, here come those Santa Ana winds again. They were so strong in California yesterday, they knocked this trucker's rig right over.
5: We were all in traffic going around the loop right here, and the truck just started to lift up. Fell over. It wasn't like the Wizard of Oz. It was, it was definitely
0: terrifying. I imagine so. He had to break the glass to get out of his overturned cab. This is International Holocaust Remembrance Day.
1: Speaking to the European Parliament, President Itzhak Herzog said the world did not do enough to stop the Holocaust that killed six million Jews during World War II and is not doing enough to stop anti-Semitism today. He said the world must not stand by and must fight it at all costs.
0: CBS's Linda Gradstein the Honolulu Zoo is offering people a unique way to get back at their ex. A Valentine's Day promotion is letting people name a bug after their ex. The bug will then be fed to an animal. For a $5, $10, or $20 donation, participants will get digital love bite cards, letting them know their choice of bug was fed to an animal. Choices are worm, cricket, or a vegetable. For 100 bucks, the zoo will even send a personalized video of the animal eating whatever food the person named after their ex was. And on St. Valentine's Day, the zoo will announce the most popular name given to those bugs. Those hopeless romantics. Still to Come on, the Noon Report: A Somber Day in Syracuse, Disbelief at a Child Fatality in Rochester, and the latest on a pro-lifers Pennsylvania trial. Kevin Williams also has a wintry weather forecast coming our way in just a few minutes. But first, here's a check of the stories making news where you live in New York and Pennsylvania. Indeed, a somber day in Syracuse. A funeral service began last hour at the Tucker Missionary Baptist Church in Syracuse for 11-year-old Brexit Torres Ortiz, fatally struck by stray gunfire during a shooting near her home as she walked from a neighborhood store with a gallon of milk for her family.
5: She was young, beautiful, intelligent. She could have been someone. She was going to be somebody. And her life just got cut short.
0: Police yesterday said they've arrested two men ages 18 and 20 for the little girl's murder. Onondaga County District Attorney Bill Fitzpatrick says Brexie's legacy will endure.
3: I pledge to you right here, you are not going to forget Brexie's name. This community is not going to forget her name. Ten years from now, you're going to know Brexie's name. 20 years from now, you're going to know Brexit's name.
0: Fitzpatrick says a third underage suspect faces charges as well. Family and friends will also be gathering today to remember the victim of a murder-suicide in Baldwinsville. Calling hours for 14-year-old Ava Wood happening from 5 to 9 p.m. at Word of Life Assembly of God on East Oneida Street in Baldwinsville. Her funeral will take place at that church tomorrow at 10. Police say Wood was killed by her father, 51-year-old Christopher Wood, at a home on Triangle Place last week. Christopher Wood then took his own life you <laughs> and disbelief in Rochester. How could a mother do that? That's all I can say. How could a mother do something like that to her own child? A neighbor of 26-year-old Raeja Love, a Rochester mother who was pleaded not guilty to allegedly murdering her one-year-old son and seriously hurting her young daughter. Police responded to a call at the Wilson Commencement Apartment Complex on Joseph Avenue, January 19th. They found Amai's Love injured and had him rushed to Strong Memorial Hospital, where he later died. The boy's two-year-old sister also found injured, though she is expected to survive. Monroe County District Attorney Sandra Dorley.
1: Whenever something like this
5: happens to a child, um, it, it's just heartbreaking for, for
0: all of us. Another neighbor of the accused mom says there's just no excuse for that sort of abuse.
4: If it was something that she needed help, she could have got the help from somewhere, you know, but like to do that to a poor innocent kid, or in this case a baby, you know,
0: it's really sad. Authorities say the injured daughter is staying with a grandparent. And there was apparently a fatal fire on Hancock Street in Rochester early this morning. The multi-alarm blaze broke out around 4 30 a.m. in a nine-family house. A medical examiner summoned to the scene. More details should be available this afternoon. Car theft, it's a rampant problem, and a trio of thefts in a Buffalo suburb hit one family particularly hard. Family Life's Dee Haley explains. The town of Eden Police Department is requesting the public's help in finding three stolen vehicles. The cars were taken from the area of Woodside Drive and Florence Avenue Wednesday night. According to police, one of the vehicles contained a custom-made booster seat for a special needs child, and that child cannot travel without it. Anyone with any information is asked to call the Town of Eden Police Department at 716-992-9211. D. Haley, Family Life News. Thank you, Dee. The University of Rochester Medical Center and Goodwill of the Finger Lakes are teaming up on a health care project. They'll be opening a brand new eye care clinic in downtown Rochester at the Goodwill campus on South Clinton in the city. Officials hope it will not only increase access to eye care, but will also help people prevent vision loss. Grand opening set for February 1st. First. and new York suny schools are expanding health care programs to address the shortage of nurses at hospitals nursing homes and schools health industry expert gary fitzgerald we certainly have had a
1: shortage in upstate new york pre-pandemic but uh, during the pandemic for a lot of reasons burnout vaccine mandates, reaching retirement age. The worker shortage in hospitals and nursing homes has just gotten a lot worse.
0: Governor Hochul says she wants to grow the health care workforce by 20 percent over the next five years. Eleven of New York's 64 SUNY schools are each getting a quarter million dollars to train more nurses. The quality of education of any state is a key indicator of economic, social and cultural success. And New York and Pennsylvania have made the top 10. More from Family Life's Jeremy Miller.
3: College scholarship resource Scholaroo released report that revealed the best and worst school systems based on school quality and student success and safety. Student success was measured by test scores and graduation rates, while school quality accounts for the level of resources available. Student safety includes security measures to ensure students feel safe at school. With those criteria, New York had the sixth best public school system, while Pennsylvania landed in ninth place. Jeremy Miller, Family Life News.
0: Thanks, Jeremy. A pro-life activist in Pennsylvania facing over a decade behind bars for shoving a Planned Parenthood worker who was shouting obscenities at his son. 49-year-old Mark Houck arrested last fall by armed FBI agents at his home outside of Philadelphia.
1: We've seen this kind of heavy-handed thing with the federal government recently against pro-lifers, not only there in Mark Houck's case, but in other cases as well, using the heavy hand of the law to try to silence pro-life sidewalk counselors and try to make them of fear Mm. at the long arm of the law.
0: Michael Gear with the Pennsylvania Family Institute, the US Justice Department took up the case even though local prosecutors had dismissed it. Northeast PA residents and officials are continuing efforts to bring passenger rail service back to the region. Here's more from Family Life's Terry Deener. Kyle Kuzma, the executive director of the Scranton Rail Restoration Commission, says the next few weeks could be a crucial moment for the effort. That's when officials will put in a proposal to the Federal Railroad Administration to restore the Lackawanna Cutoff. The administration put out a request for nearly 40 new passenger rail corridors back in December. The deadline for submission is March 20th. Kuzma's group has been gathering signatures on a petition that will go along with that submission. Meanwhile, Amtrak has targeted Scranton as an area where it could expand. Terry Deener. Family Life News. Thanks, Terry. A couple of quick sports notes. A Steelers defensive assistant and linebackers coach reportedly doing more interviews for various jobs with other teams. NFL reporter Aaron Wilson says Brian Flores interviewed with the Vikings for their open defensive coordinator spot yesterday. He previously interviewed for the Browns open position and met with the Arizona Cardinals for their head coaching vacancy. The near-fatal injury and recovery of Buffalo Bills' safety, Damar Hamlin, has, of course, been big news in western New York. But it's been a big deal in Cincinnati as well. Yesterday, in fact, the medical team there that helped give Hamlin life-saving treatment on the field was honored by Cincy's mayor with the key to the city.
3: It's a true honor to present on behalf of the city of Cincinnati, on behalf of a grateful city, to you and your team, this key to the city. Congratulations. Thank Thank you very much.
0: Well-deserved honor there. And the Buffalo Sabres, yeah, they did it again. Randy has that and a whole lot more as he checks sports.
5: Good afternoon. I'm Randy Snavely. Mark, it was a big win for the Knicks in Boston last night as New York took down the top team in the East in overtime, 120-117. to Julius Randle finished with a game-high 37 points. Jalen Brunson had 29. The Nets were not as fortunate. Despite a 40-point effort from Kyrie Irving, Brooklyn fell to the Pistons with the win, the first in five years for Detroit in Brooklyn. The Pistons snapped a seven-game losing streak to the Nets, 130-122 the final. Charlotte, Cleveland, Dallas, and the Clippers, your other winners. On the ice in Winnipeg, make it five in a row for Buffalo. The Sabres got a goal and an assist from Tage Thompson and won this one three to two. Also lighting the lamp for the Sabres, Owen Power and Victor Olofsson. Tony D'Angelo scored with under 90 seconds to play in regulation to send the Flyers into overtime against Minnesota, but it was the Wild who scored in the extra period to win it 3-2. The Penguins went to a shootout against the Caps, but Nicholas Backstrom won it for Washington scoring in the third round. Detroit, Tampa Bay, Nashville, Arizona, Chicago, and Anaheim also skated to wins. Former Buffalo Bills quarterback Frank Reich has another head coaching job in the NFL. Carolina hired him and me thinks the Indianapolis Colts are going to regret firing him last season. By the way, Reich threw the very first touchdown pass in Panthers history back in 1995 and of course a trip to the Super Bowl gonna be on the line on Sunday as the 49ers take on the Eagles and there will be a repeat of last year's AFC title game with
0: Cincinnati facing Kansas City. That is a look at sports. Still to come on the Noon Report, what's not to like about the Equality Amendment and a closer look at a high-profile trial of a pro-lifer in Philadelphia. Our Bob Price unleashes Christian watchdogs Jason McGuire and Michael Gere on the issues of the day in Albany and Harrisburg on Capital Connection, next. Welcome
3: to Breakpoint, a daily look at an ever-changing culture through the lens of unchanging truth. For the Colson Center, I'm John Stone Street. Back in September, the first prize at the annual Colorado State Fair art competition went to a submission that was entitled de d'Opera Special or something like that. The painting was submitted by Jason Miller and depicted an ornate stage and costume performers washed in beautiful golden light. Miller, however, didn't paint the image. What he did was type in a few prompts on a search bar and an artificially intelligent art generator program, did the rest. When Alan won, outrage ensued, but Alan defended his decision to submit the painting he did not paint, arguing that his intent was not to deceive, but to draw attention to the potential of artificial intelligence. I won, Alan said, and I didn't break any rules. This is just another example of how artificial intelligence is raising questions about the nature and purpose of things and how all of it relates to our humanity. What is art in a world where artificial intelligence not only can replicate any image, but can produce original images with superior skill and precision? Art is a way of expressing meaning. That's why it's always been a uniquely human activity. After all, only humans seek meaning out of life rather than just survival like the rest of the animals. And in addition to the beauty and skill involved in creating art, we tend to value the pursuit of meaning that we see in the creative work of others. Even abstract art reflects the kind of meaning-seeking creatures that we are. Though an exploding paint factory could likely produce a splattering of color that resembles a Jackson Pollock painting, the lack of intent, of communication, and skill makes all the difference. And it's along those three lines, what is said, how it's said, and why it's said, that art produced by AI is so clearly different than art produced by people. A machine says something when it's asked to. Communicating because it is told. Thus, when it comes to art generated by artificial intelligence, both what is said and why eventually points back to a person, the Jason Miller, so to speak, who submitted the request in the first place. A much bigger and a much more important conflict in the world of art is whether meaning itself is constructed or discovered. If meaning is constructed, then the purpose of art can only be self-expression of both the producer and the consumer. The artist is only responsible to create an interpretive experience, not subject to any fixed realities outside of ourselves. If the world was created with meaning, on the other hand, then the task of the artist is to discover and to communicate, to point to a meaning that is there. All to say, the modern and postmodern devolution of art, which predates AI and ranges from portrayals of the bizarre to the vile, has far more to do with a loss of meaning than the addition of this new technology. Undoubtedly, people will continue to use AI to generate images, but no matter how skillful or influential it becomes, AI will still always be a tool, nothing more. We'll continue to think about the meaning of the universe and our place in it. We'll continue to make meaning when we can't find it. That we are so self-reflective about meaning says a lot about the kind of world we live in and the kind of creatures we are. That's why the Van Goghs will continue to amaze us and the Grandmothers will continue to hang paintings from the four-year-olds they know and love on their fridge because it's people ultimately who create art. To be human means to create, to innovate, to invent. To create art is a way that humans seek to paraphrase creation. Something we do because we're made in the image of the Creator. For the Colson Center, I'm John Stone Street with Breakpoint. This Breakpoint was co authored by Casey Leander. For more resources to live like a Christian in this cultural moment, go to ColsonCenter.org.
0: All right, let's get a check of that forecast. Here's Kevin Williams.
4: Good afternoon to all. Here is your Family Life regional weather forecast. For this afternoon, look for clouds, breaks of sun, stray flurry, and high temperatures mostly in the 30s. For tonight, the clouds will build back in. There'll be a little light snow and some flurries later tonight into tomorrow morning. Not much, though. Low tonight, 20s. High tomorrow, 30s generally. And Sunday is cloudy with a bit of rain and snow, and high temperatures ranging from the mid-30s near Lake Ontario to the mid-40s in eastern Pennsylvania.
0: Thank you very much, Kevin. You're listening to the Noon Report on Family Life.
2: And welcome back to another edition of Capital Connection. Fridays during the noon report, we give you, the listener, direct connection to what's happening in Albany and Harrisburg with the experts on the issues at the state capitals. They are, as always, Jason McGuire with New Yorkers for Constitutional Freedoms and Michael Gere at the Pennsylvania Family Institute. These are busy times at the state capitals, and uh, Jason, we want to dig right in. The so-called Equality Amendment is now on the ballot next year for 2024. What is it, and uh, why
6: is it so dangerous? Yeah, the Equality Amendment here in New York, or the so-called Equality Amendment, would enshrine into the New York State Constitution abortion rights and LGBTQ rights. It takes it out of the hands of the legislature and it moves it to enshrining constitutional rights. There'll be a people's vote on the November ballot in 2024. And I believe the reason for that is because the legislature wants to keep the issue focused on abortion in a presidential year in which generally the Democratic candidates here do very well. So it's going to be a steep climb for those of us here in New York State.
2: Yeah, I want to talk more abortion politics in a minute, but there's a really big trial that's going on right now in Philadelphia, Michael. Uh, Mark Houck, father of seven facing 11 years in prison for shoving a Planned Parenthood worker at a rally, the worker who is shouting obscenities at his 12-year-old son. Local prosecutors said there's no case here, but nonetheless, the Biden Justice Department took it up, and here we go. Where do things stand right now?
1: Well, that trial is going on, the very kind of fiery opening statements, both from the prosecutors and then also for the defense attorneys, for Mark Houck, the wonderful pro-life leader. You know, we're hopeful that uh, this case will ultimately be dismissed because it is uh, certainly a federal overreach when that's just basically a little altercation in the shove that has nothing to do with abortion access or this law, the FACE Act, uh, that the federal prosecutors are using to go after Mark
2: Houck. Any uh, thoughts of how countersuing? I mean, armed FBI agents showed up at this guy's home last fall. Is there any talk of a countersuit here by Houck?
1: You know, I I think that may be in the books, uh, maybe in the future. Not sure yet. Uh, You know, we've seen this kind of heavy-handed thing with the federal government recently against pro-lifers not only there in uh, Mark Houck's case, but in other cases as well, using the heavy hand of the law to try to silence uh, pro-life sidewalk counselors and try to make them uh, fear Mm. the long arm of the law.
2: Yeah. Uh, Jason, there were at least four uh, pro-abortion bills that passed the state Senate on their way to the Assembly. Governor Hochul will sign them. This has to do with taxpayer funded abortions. This has to do with pharmacies dispensing abortion inducing drugs. What's in those bills? that ought to be very concerning to
6: pro-lifers? There's lots of things. I mean, you know, we're seeing that essentially this has become taxpayer funding for out-of-state abortions. Uh, these are people that are coming from states that tend to be more pro-life. They'll be seeking an abortion here and in a New York State. Our legislature has said we like to pay for that. I recognize that there are many New Yorkers who do support abortion, uh, but the numbers are clearly on our side that they do not want to fund abortion. Um, and that is where uh, our state is heading, is how far can they go? To what extreme can they go to cover abortion? Next up, it's going to be telehealth is where we're heading next, and it's just going to be a constant abortion onslaught at the Empire State.
2: It's almost like they're bragging, you know, do you want New York to be the abortion tourism capital of America? And it's like, yeah, we do. There's no subtlety about it. So um, we'll see how far that train goes. Uh, This week, uh, Michael, switching gears just a little bit, is National School Choice Week. We saw the governor of Iowa this week sign a big school choice Bill, what is the Pennsylvania legislature doing to promote school choice this year?
1: Well, the biggest agenda item for the Pennsylvania legislature is something called the Lifeline Scholarship Program, which is something that did pass in the last session of the General Assembly, but was vetoed by Governor Wolf. The hopefulness uh, this time around is that uh, Josh Shapiro, now our new governor, when he was running for that office, spoke somewhat favorably towards the notion of school choice, and specifically these Lifeline scholarships, which would provide a voucher or a grant to students in Pennsylvania who are attending the worst performing school districts.
2: Yeah, there's a story about a school district in Montgomery County that's going to get the dander up of a lot of our listeners. We'll get to that in a minute, Michael. But first, Jason, while we're talking about sanctity of human life, uh, there is another concerted effort underway in Albany this term to legalize physician-assisted suicide. Why, in your opinion, is this bad medicine? And uh, why should Christians oppose this?
6: Yeah, assisted suicide, and you're right to recognize it's a pro-life issue, so thank you for that. We often think of abortion as the pro-life issue and the only pro-life issue, but we're seeing this rise of assisted suicide. It changes medicine. It changes the relationship between the doctor and the patient. In the Hippocratic Oath, do no harm, and yet we now have situations where, in New York, if this passes, doctors would be prescribing poisons to people. It really does change the face of medicine. That's why those in the disability rights community are so opposed to this because they have to fight for their lives every single day. They have to fight against the discrimination they experience when they go into certain medical facilities, when people have difficulty understanding their position and it changes medicine. We also think that it encourages suicide. There's no way that our culture can look at certain instances of suicide um, in this case, doctor assisted and say it's acceptable but then turn a blind eye to others who would openly consider suicide. We need a consistent message to stop suicide in our state.
2: And I think if you look at least in some of the 10 states where assisted suicide is legal, the overall suicide rate is higher, is it not?
6: It is. You're beginning to see those numbers uh, and that desensitization occurs. When people recognize that there is now a stamp of approval on suicide for some, it spreads to others.
2: Yeah. Uh, Michael, there was a story I think it broke last week, but it's got a lot of people talking. This out of Montgomery County, suburban Philadelphia, Upper Moreland (laughs) School District, kind of uh, got caught here trying to Keep parents in the dark when it comes to transgender policy in the classroom. It's why a lot of parents are demanding more rights in school. It's why a lot of folks are clamoring for school choice as well. But what happened in Upper Moreland? Is this common across the Commonwealth?
1: Well, it's increasingly common. There's pressure for it in some school districts, and uh, those on the left are pushing for it. So basically, the guidelines that were promoted uh, and proposed by the school board there in Upper Moreland uh, advise teachers and staff to avoid... Avoid telling parents their children's gender identity or pronoun usage unless required by law and so again it's just to hide uh, what's going on in the school uh, from the parents and so It should be up in arms, and they are there in Upper Moreland, and uh, we're encouraging them to get in touch with us if we can be of help uh, with our attorneys.
2: We'll give that website in just a minute, but first, Jason, um, one of the first pot shops in New York opened its doors this week in uh, Greenwich Village. Uh, I think the first one opened late last year in Harlem, but this is the first that is owned by someone who has a prior drug conviction there's more coming on this front too Um, why in your opinion
6: do you think this is a bad idea yeah, your listeners may remember that in New York State, we give preferential treatment to people who have previously had a conviction uh, for uh, something related to drugs in their record. Uh, so it's interesting now that we are actually giving preferential treatment to the dealers uh, to open up these pot shops across our state. There's now 66 licenses that are that are on the way and more to come. It's going to be problematic. It is problematic because just like we just uh, dealt with the issue of suicide being um, desensitization towards it, we are now telling a future generation of new yorkers that there's nothing wrong with using wheat there's a desensitization that will occur in the minds of many teens we already have a drug problem we should not be going even further down this path
2: yeah i know this is something you're fighting as well in pennsylvania with the fentanyl deaths in this country with the opioid overdoses why in the wide world of sports are we talking about legalizing another drug michael where do things stand right now in the general assembly when it comes to the marijuana legalization effort
1: Well, Governor Shapiro made it one of his campaign issues to see legalization happen. There is uh, legislation being introduced in the House of Representatives to legalize commercial sale of marijuana. When you think commercial, think about big companies like Big Pharma and others, Big Tobacco, with the backing of lots of money promoting the use of this and the potency of the products that are now available there. It's not just smoking marijuana, but it's high-potency gummy bears and Pop-Tarts and so many of, of these other types of products that are aimed at children to get them addicted
2: all right we'll have to stop it there Uh, so many issues so little time it's the fastest 10 minutes in radio but our time is up Uh, if folks have questions about any of the topics discussed today from albany or harrisburg michael gear you have a wonderful website there at the pennsylvania family institute where can folks find you
1: PAFAMILY.org.
2: And in New York State, Jason McGuire, New Yorkers for Constitutional Freedoms. Where can folks find you?
6: AlbanyUpdate.com.
0: Capital Connection airs Fridays during the Noon Report or online anytime at FamilyLife.org. Just ahead, some properties come with a nice long driveway, but this place, it comes with one long enough to land a plane. Seriously.
4: Well, good afternoon to all. Here is your Family Life regional weather forecast. As we head into the weekend, the main national weather story will be bitterly cold air surging into the heartland, where winter has been raging of late blizzard conditions today in parts of the Dakotas. But in our area, just a seasonable, reasonable brand of chill, a touch of snow and rain, and no big-ticket winter weather items foreseen, at least for now. For this afternoon, look for clouds, breaks of sun, stray flurry, and high temperatures mostly in the 30s. For tonight, the clouds will build back in. There'll be a little light snow and some flurries later tonight into tomorrow morning. Not much, though. Low tonight, 20s. High tomorrow, 30s generally. And sunny is cloudy with a bit of rain and snow. And high temperatures ranging from the mid-30s near Lake Ontario to the mid-40s in eastern Pennsylvania.
0: All right. Thank you very much, Kevin Williams. Finally at noon. I wish the package. What's better than having your own airplane? Why, having your own airport, of course. Family Life's Brian Query tells us there's one for sale in Pennsylvania.
3: A property listed for sale in Juniata County, Pennsylvania, has some pretty impressive amenities. But the biggest is that it includes your own private airplane runway and vineyard. The 24-acre property in Mifflintown is listed for just under $4 million. And besides the three bedrooms, three bathrooms, and 12,000 square feet, you can take off from your own lit and paved private runway and 13. airplane hangars. The airport is unattended with a GPS approach, but a local RC airplane club does use the facilities. There are also rental properties on the land, including an apartment and a residential home. The house has been on the market for a while, and the owners are looking for the right bid and perfect owner, someone that will fly by them. Brian query family life news
0: all right thank you brian time for us to take off that's the world we live in for friday january 27th 2023 thank you very much for listening have a blessed weekend i'm mark webster family life news you've been listening to the noon report heard weekdays on family life thank you for listening